welcome to the Teaching with Class podcast, the podcast that gives you quick, actionable tips to easily implement in your classroom. I'm your host, Emily Simon. As a former early childhood educator, but now a product marketing professional, I couldn't be happier connecting back to my classroom roots and serving as today's guest host. In today's episode, we'll be discussing the importance of building relationships in the classroom. We are joined today by Kate Matthew, a co-author and project director of the Stream in Three curriculum model from the Center of Advanced Study of Teaching and Learning, also known as CAPSLE, at the University of Virginia. Kate, welcome. Thanks for joining us. And can you tell us a little about yourself? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Um, as you said, I am a project director for the Stream in 3 curriculum model at Castle. Um, Stream in 3 is a comprehensive birth to preschool model um, that naturally weaves together social, emotional, and academic learning um, and professional development. And we're currently partnering with the Virginia Department of Education to make it available to any publicly um, funded classrooms across Virginia. Um, I started off as a Head Start teacher and home visitor and community consultant before joining Castle, where I've done research and helped to create resources, things like curriculum, teacher tab relationship building, supporting challenging behaviors, all the fun stuff. Exactly. As you were talking, I was thinking about all of the fun things, and that's exactly <laughs> how you ended it. It is. It's such an exciting and fun avenue of work. Um, so let's just dive right in. Today's about relationships and relationships specifically in the classroom. Why are they important? And what are some ways that we can start intentionally thinking about our relationships that we have with the children? Great. So I think, um, you know, as adults, we all know how much relationships matter to us, right? Like they're what let us thrive. They make us feel safe and connected and able to be ourselves and take risks and all of those things. And it's no different in the classroom. So, you know, relationships, they don't just make us feel warm and fuzzy, um, though, of course, they do. They really can be a gatekeeper of opportunities for children. So responsive, sensitive relationships between educators and children allow for those children to learn and grow across all areas of development. When children feel safe and connected, they're able to fully explore and engage in the world around them. They take risks, they try new things, they show increased self-reliance and persistence, compliance and focus, all the things um, that, that we want for them to have during their day. Educators, you know, they, in these relationships, they will anticipate issues and or calmly address them when they occur um, so that children can quickly re-engage in the classroom. Um, children use their relationships with educators as a model um, when learning how to communicate or relate to others. They seek out educators to help them um, when they encounter problems or when they need comfort, support, or guidance. And on the other hand, uh, when relationships between educators and children are filled with tension or conflict or even just indifference, um, children often miss out on the social, emotional, and the academic learning opportunities. So children with negative or indifferent relationships um, with their teachers are more likely to be excluded from learning activities. They're more frequently punished than their peers. They're called on less often. And some educators may avoid interacting closely with them altogether. And just to be clear, though, like as a former educator and as a full support in everything that, that they're doing, all of this is likely unintentional. Um, you know, teachers, no teacher is actively trying to exclude um, a child or not have a relationship. But when those relationships aren't 
present or they're not nurtured, then sometimes those things can unintentionally happen. So powerful. And that's exactly what I was thinking when I'm, I loved how you phrased the concept of an indifferent relationship. Mm -hmm. It's not negative and it might not be my most positive and the the child that I think about immediately in my classroom. And it's just someone who kind of is in the background, right? When you think about your classroom of 20, it's the child that maybe just stays in the background of when you're thinking and planning or telling someone about the children in your classroom. And and so I love that because so with you as, you know, being a former educator, I can pinpoint those exact indifferent relationships. It's not that I didn't like the child or didn't want to have a relationship with the child. It was just that we struggled to connect as easily as some of the other children. And so what I'm hearing you, you know, talk about the indifference having unintended kind of consequences what are some strategies not to like focus on the indifferent, but just in general, like when I'm looking to build relationships in general with any child in my classroom, what are some of the first things that I can be doing to foster relationships? Yeah. So first I just want to agree with you around like the, the indifference, like we can think of kids who are just kind of flying under the radar a little. Right. And so you're not having like big conflicts. You're not having like big withdrawals or tension, but you're, they just may not be coming to you when they need support or they, you know, may not be fully seeing you as that resource or feel really safe um, to engage in that, in that way with you. And I think you know, I'll get into some strategies, but first thing would just be like noticing that, right? So just taking the time to know how important relationships are, not just for the sake of relationships, but to all learning that's happening in the classroom, and then making it a priority to just check in on the different kids in your classroom. And, you know, just kind of a little inventory of like, how's my relationship with with each child in my classroom? Because not every kid is going to, even if we're open and we're like, again, teachers are open, they want to connect, they're inviting and they're open, but not every kid is going to take you up on that in the same way, because we're all trying to have matches and personalities and where we come from and who we are. And it's, it's just not all going to it's not a one size fits all. And so even though we're trying and we're open and we are receptive to relationships, um, uh, uh, some kid may need something different and may need something more. Um, And so again, I know teachers are doing this already. I think it's around like bringing the intentionality to stop and pause and make sure that every kid is getting, each kid is getting what they need from you. And that's going to be different in your relationship. Just like your relationships are different with the adults in your life, right? You don't, expect the same reactions from from all of your relationships. Okay, so now I guess I <laughs> um so getting into some some strategies. I think um first of all, you know, a high quality educator teacher child relationship is established through repeated moment to moment interactions that convey sensitivity, respect and warmth and they require the active engagement of both the educator and the child. They don't happen overnight. So let's think about three simple strategies for building relationships with all the children in your classroom. All right. So first thing we can think about is helping children see you as a resource. So that's a helper or a partner in problem solving. And one way to do this is through showing empathy and acceptance of feelings. So words like, I see you're feeling frustrated that that doll won't stay on top of the block. You know, sometimes we're all as adults or in or out of the classroom, sometimes can be tempted to tell children to stop feeling negative emotions. Um, But like, how would you feel if your friend said, oh, don't be sad. It's fine. Don't cry, honey. You know, after you called 
um, you know, to tell them about your really tough day. So no matter how small or silly a reason a child is upset may seem to us, the realness of the emotion is the same for the child. And we need to show acceptance and acknowledge that, that emotion. Another way to be a resource is to offer assistance. And here's the tricky part, without forcing your own solutions. So that one's hard for me, particularly at home sometimes. So it's offers such as like, I'm happy to help you if that's okay. Or can we figure out how to make it stay together and work through the problem together um, rather than words like, it's okay, just put this block this way. Or if you can't play together, just take turns. He goes first, then you. And to be clear, that doesn't mean you can't ever step in and give solutions, you know, to, to help children, especially if a child is having a very difficult time. They mean they may need your help in that way in that moment. Or if it's, you know, more in alignment to the way that your classroom or their culture, you know, is for adults to lead, sometimes that's okay. But we always want to find the right level and involve them as much as we can. All right. So first was be a resource. Next up, I'd say is to promote autonomy. So autonomy is means that children are active agents in their own learning. So when you promote autonomy, you're showing genuine interest, genuine interest in the children's ideas, interests, and activities. So some ways to do this would be like joining in their play and really following what they're doing and following their lead, offering choice during planned activities, um, incorporating their ideas and their preferences into daily activities, just greeting them at the door, checking in um, to see how their day is going so far, but really letting them have an active voice and opinions and ideas in what they're doing in their own learning. It's like saying, I see you, I hear you, I genuinely care about your ideas and your interests. And a third strategy is to engage in social conversations. So that one might seem a little silly, right? So um, maybe just a little bit at first, but engaging in meaningful social conversations with children helps build their confidence and their trust in your relationship. When you encourage children to share their own ideas and interests, it lets them know that you value their thoughts, their ideas, and their experiences, and that you like truly enjoy spending time with them. We all know what it feels like when someone is spending time with us, and we are picking up on that vibe that they're truly enjoying spending that time with us. And they also love when you share a little bit about yourself. I mean, that doesn't mean like, oh, I'm having this big fight with my, you know, with my partner, you know, but more just things around your life or, you know, your, your pets or your, you know, what your garden, what you did that weekend. Um, you know, when you share something personal about yourself, it helps them feel close and connected, which makes them feel safe and loved. And I think a distinction in the social conversation is like, you're not teaching something. You're not, I mean, you're going to have to do that all day, but it's like taking the time to sit down while they're eating meals or having a snack or you're walking out to the playground and just chatting and just spending time together in a way that's like, I see you and I, I care and I want to feel connected to you. That last strategy of engaging in, in social conversations really resonates with me. And it takes me back to a specific moment in my teaching career where I had an epiphany, <laughs> where I didn't <laughs> know that that was a strategy to be used in building relationships. But I happened upon it, if you will. So I, there was a little girl in my classroom. We didn't have a negative relationship. We didn't have a positive relationship. It was one of those indifferent relationships, I think is the great way to describe it. And she organically started eating her snack where I would sit during snack time. And, she would, and I let her, right? I let her have that autonomy and that choice to sit there. 
And organically, we just would begin talking. I would be like, tell me about your weekend. And she would tell me about her weekend and I would ask questions. And I'm telling you, I think that was the pivotal moment of our relationship changing. And so it really speaks, I think, to the power of these seem so simple, right? These seem like, oh, of course I should be doing that. But I think when going back to one of your earlier points of making it a priority and just thinking more intentionally about that, that can have the power to really unlock those relationships. Yeah. It gives me goosebumps thinking of, you know, (laughs) in the classroom, we Um, talked about birthday parties. You know, I happened to have a classroom of kids who celebrated their, their birthdays and they they were just so into it. And we would just talk all during lunch. That's what we're talking about. But they knew I cared to, you know, hear what they were saying and, you know, outside of it. And, And I think there's so much pressure to, you know, to teach. And there is like, you're a teacher, you have to every find every teachable moment and you have to, and there are ways and I love teaching math during meals and teaching, you know, science and reading and all this things fully supportive, but it's, it's also just giving yourself the grace to carve out space that just pure relationship building is also really, really important for its own sake, but it also will help with those other academic skills. And I just think there's a lot of pressure to do those. And teachers want to connect. They want to be with kids. They want to do that. I think sometimes it's just a nice reminder that it's okay to really prioritize that and just sit down and chat about whatever. That is so powerful. As you were talking, I was thinking about that's the joy of teaching, right? Like we know that educators go into teaching because they love children. They love connecting with children. And it's that pressure of having every teachable moment that takes away that joy at times. And so I think reframing that I'm building a relationship so that I can teach, so that the child can experience the development and growth that is expected might help shift where our priorities lie. Yeah. And like you want to make sure that you're carving out space and like thinking and prioritizing about relationships, but it's also like weaving them into the academic learning as well, right? So like promoting autonomy can be just making sure that there are choice in your activities. Like your goal or your objective might be around math, but there are places to build in choice for like kids to you know, add in which one they want to count or, you know, which pattern that, you know, they want to make or which animal, you know, you can have a social conversation a little bit around the thing you're counting, you know? So it's about like carving out space, but then also um, just weaving it into the other things that are happening in your classroom too. So powerful. And so Kate, I'm just thinking about, again, going back to my own time in the classroom and I'm thinking about, okay, if I did these three things, but there's still that one child that we're just I'm not connecting with and I'm, and I'm struggling to form that relationship and we're seeing the effects of that start to happen. What do I do? Like, what do I do when that doesn't come easy and the things that I'm trying aren't working? What, what's left? Right. So, I mean, I think it's very important to something that we kind of touched on a little bit earlier is that every child is going to need, every child is going to be coming in to your classroom with a different set of experiences and backgrounds and, and that it's, you know, number one priority for any of these strategies is to really get to know your kids and what they need from you and meet them where they are and match where they are. I think that what comes to mind when thinking about a relationship that is just needs a little bit more, you know, support and a little bit more digging in would be to think about a strategy called banking time. The banking time was developed at UVA. It is available through Teachstone. But basically banking time are 
you have like 10 to 15 minute sessions, two to three times a week. And it's, it's a bit more structured, right? The other things are like, we're going to do a conversation. This is more structured. This is more intensive for when you need to um, really, you know, do some relationship, relationship building. And so 10 to 15 minutes, two to three times a week. And the sessions are ideally outside of the classroom where a teacher and a child can really connect and be together and just focus on that uninterrupted time together. Really key here is that this is not a time to teach like a skill. You wouldn't say we're banking time. We're going out to work on our tellers, right? So this is more about like conveying acceptance, interest, and responsiveness. So the teacher is going to really follow the child's lead in what they're doing. Um, they're going to observe what the child's doing, perhaps like narrate and label what the child is doing. Like, oh, I see you chose to build this with that block, or I, I see you chose to, you know, that turtle puppet or, you know, whatever it is that, that they're working with. Um, and, you know, so you're going to narrate and label after you're observing what the child is doing. Um, and then really think about how you can weave in these themes of like, I'm here to help. I am interested in what you're doing. I'm interested in what you're thinking. It's really important for them to know that, that you're safe and consistent. So something around banking time is that they're not contingent on behavior. So they would never be like a, well, if you, um, you know, can share with your friends during all of, you know, the choice or free time, then we're going to go have our banking time session, right? Like, so they're, or if they're having a bad day, you do not cancel a banking time session. This is like a way for you to say, I'm consistent. I'm reliable. I care about you. And I, I want to spend time with you no matter what, even when you make mistakes or even when you're, you know, making behaviors that, that I find, um, challenging. That is so powerful that I got chills when you said like, I'm here for you, even if you make mistakes and how powerful that message can be for that child. For all of us, right? You know, you know, we, we all want to know that we're all going to, we're all going to do things sometimes that others are not going to be really excited about us doing and, um, you know, just to to know that like the people in your life are still there. That's your that's your strongest relationship. So we have to be that rock for the kid. I'm here no matter what. Really powerful. And so, Kate, as I think about and and kind of digest everything that we've talked about, I I'm coming to this kind of realization, if you will, that relationships can be the secret power in a classroom. Right? Mm -hmm. It can be the secret power to unlocking learning, to unlocking joy, to unlocking connection. And so as we look to wrap up today's conversation, if our listeners are also being like, yes, relationship is my secret power, what is the thing that you want them to remember or to take away as they look to unlock the superpower in their classroom? So I think what's most important is you know, just the foundation that we know that this is what teachers are doing and what they're trying to do. So look at like what's working already in your classroom and build on that. So if you, you know, have strong relationships or, you know, things are going really well, look for that and see like, when do you feel really connected? When do kids seem really connected? And then just make sure that you are providing that for every child in your classroom. So, you know, I think really just taking a look, taking that inventory, seeing who's coming to you, you know, who might you be correcting all the time that you need to just balance that out by connecting more, you know, we're going to have to make corrections sometimes. Yes. But we want to make sure we're always balancing that with, you know, let's make sure that the relationship is still really strong. And I can also be a source of um, comfort and, you know, positivity in this child's life. And so I think 
you know, that would be the the most powerful is just to to look through, prioritize relationships, think about what every kid needs from you, and then try to meet them where they are. Kate, thank you so much for joining us today, sharing your expertise, your advice, and your powerful stories. Where can our listeners learn more? Great. So um, to find out more around the Stream in 3 curriculum and what we're and what we're doing to support educators in Virginia, that's streamin3.org. Um, and then a resource um, that I'm really excited to share about is the ECE Resource Hub, and that's at eceresourcehub.org. And what that is is a collection of professional development resources across a whole host of skills, but there's a big old section in there around relationship building for, for children. Um, you're going to find classroom examples. You're going to find strategies. You're going to find and podcasts and webinars and you know PD guides for whether you're holding a session for a group or in coaching or just your own reflection, but a whole bunch of tools and, and tricks in there. And then also a lot of those are developed out of the University of Virginia, but not all of them. Really, our team looks to find great, high-quality, vetted resources that exist out there and just kind of serve as a way to point an arrow to get folks to them. Amazing. Well, thanks again, Kate, for sharing that wealth of information and resources with us. We'll be sure to link those resources in today's episode's show notes. You can find today's episode transcript as well as other episodes full of practical tips and tricks on our website, teachstone.com backslash podcast. Thank you, Architects of the Mind, for sharing your love and wisdom with the children of the world and for being here to add to your box of wonders.